November 11, 2021. It's a lot for Pedro's show. Oh, uh, yeah, somehow I was quite bitter and claims that you've stolen all of your ideas from him. And in fact, that everybody has stolen all of their ideas from him, which so. is uh, rather exaggerated. Look, I've heard him, and, uh, and I know, I know that he's, done, he's done some things that I've wanted to do.
Black from Pedro Show. Happy Thursday. Trippy uh, writing this out on the little folder for 211111. The 11th hour of the 11th month of the 11th day or something of World War One ended, right? And so it's, uh, I think we call it Veterans Day here now. The war to end all wars, and it, that was bullshit. So I'm sorry about that. We started John Coltrane talking to Frank Kosky, November 1966. A little excerpt there. Uh, yeah, but Mr. Sun Ra, right? John Coltrane, he, he, he doesn't deny. He says, yeah, he, he likes stuff. Maybe not rip off, but he said something might be to it. Later on, he talks, or maybe it was another spiel, he talked about music being a big reservoir. And so, like everybody drinking or pissing in it. <laughs> then we had MV Carbon. We remain. And because of those uh, Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention, I got with me MV Carbon. Welcome aboard, MV. Hello. Where are you talking to me from? I am in Queens, New York. Okay, Queens. We got to give Brother Bill Nace big credit for the connect, right? Thanks, Bill Nace. Absolute, absolute. I, I'm curious about your journey through music, so please bring your earliest musical memory. Ooh, I think uh, in the womb, it was a slight moment where we were off beat there for a minute. And uh, I think you can remember those moments. Um, I think it has something to do with the type of music that I play now, too. Um, I was just thinking about that the other night. When did you first like start understanding what music was or what music and rhythm is? And I feel like I had to have been in the womb for everybody. Yeah, that's a great point. So maybe like being able to talk or, or listen, music's kind of like that. It's just something we all, we've been fooled in like only certain maestros, right? Yes, but we're always looking for more and it's an exploration and it's a way to identify and a way to feel like you can speak a certain language um, by just relating to music. Absolute. Now, the pad you once you left the womb, after your nine-month, uh, what would you call it, shift? <laughs> 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 after you pulled that shift and your mom pulled that shift, uh, <laughs> was there any instruments in the pad you grew up? Yes. I had a musical family just... Uh, playing guitar my older brother played guitar a lot and electric guitar there's a sister drumming in the basement another one playing flute and then there is a piano there that my mom took lessons I never took piano lessons I just uh banged on it and did my thing on it okay yeah because I I detect some organ but we'll get into that later uh what was the first record you bought with your own money MV I Bought The Cure, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. And the first gig you went and saw? I went to see Metallica in Pittsburgh okay. when I was a teenager. And what about and, yeah. and what about Pittsburgh, great town, a lot of bridges, love it. Hard to ride a bicycle maybe there, but a sweaty summers <laughs> too, but I love that town, yeah, Mr. Wall. Yeah, Warhol. Also, too. Mr. Tom from uh, Black Rainbow. Black Moth Super Rainbow, he lives there, so that's it's got to mm -hmm. be a great town, yeah. Okay, school, the choir, uh, the marching band, shit like that, did you do? 
I did. I took flute lessons for quite a while, for about six years, from maybe like when I was probably like eight on, and then I just didn't want to go any further with it. And uh, I just played around with the guitar because there was one in the house. Right. I was in marching band. I got kicked out because I wanted to go to a concert, and I missed practice. Uh-oh. So that didn't last long, but there were other things to fill that void. Absolutely. Now, uh, not after school graduating, but afternoon, did you do the garage band, basement band, bedroom band? In high school? Anytime, you know. Well, obviously before you you left your parents' house. You know. <laughs> well, we, um, I started off... When I moved to Pittsburgh, I started off doing more performance art that had sound involved in it and performance-based um, practices and uh, painting. And then I was always interested in music and concerts and all that. I didn't really have a band until I moved to Chicago. Okay. And then I would say we didn't have a garage, but we had many storefronts and loft spaces and boiler rooms to practice in what was the first unit the first unit of um performance or music was um metalux you know i like this idea that you got that they're kind of it's all expression why can't they be together well you i don't know if maybe i understood the unit what, what was the first unit unit uh proj you know uh, getting together with other people to uh Oh, okay. The, show. Yeah. But the, the idea that wasn't it. pure music. I like this idea that you mix what they call what mixed media or whatever. Yes, that's where it started, and I always um, felt that I wanted to be a like a performer and a singer and a musician. I just never really did it until I moved to Chicago, sure. but I did other stuff before that. What do you mean by other stuff? Performance art oh, well, and kind of like painting. theater. Well, more like uh, in site-specific type of things in galleries or in venues where it would be an experience. Ah, okay. Uh, and that still involves sound. Like uh, sure, sure. I was always into amplified objects and um, doing mic microphones on metal and things like that, but live. So kind of experimental. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the unit or the band, when you start doing this in Chicago, it's more ensemble? Because before it was woman alone? Well, um, I did some collaborations in, in performance art in Pittsburgh um, with different performers and poets, but this was, Metalux was more music-based. So, yeah, it was a band, I would say, definitely. Okay, okay. Can you remember the first Metalux? Because uh, you didn't give me any Metalux uh, music. It's all, well, there's this one collab, but it's all MV Carbon. So uh, I'm interested. First Metalux gig. The first Metalux gig was somewhere in Minneapolis in a coffee shop. Or that was maybe the second one. I think the first one was the Eye and Ear Festival in Chicago. And how did it go? And it was uh, great because... Success. Okay, great. Yeah, it worked out. <laughs> I'd love to hear that. We had uh, some it, 
handmade instruments, and I had a keyboard that only played one note that I got at the uh, yard sale, and we had an amplified metal board with drills, and it sounded wow. really good. Wow. Who should, what, <laughs> and nobody threw shit, right? No. Because I've had many gigs where people threw shit. <laughs> okay. So well, always, that that's why that I always later. ask those questions. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that happened later. Okay. But... <laughs> oh, good. You got to share in that kind of thing. Yeah. What, 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 a, but... what a joyful feeling. To I know. Have people throw. Uh, I've had sacks of shit, sack, paper sacks, so they, they tear, you know, and, and puke and use condoms. But I'll tell you this the worst was batteries because they hurt. Okay, you gave me this music, the, the, the passing, I want to play right now. Making music isn't hard Not in the way you'd expect 
So there's a 10 hour drive, but then there's always beer at Soundcheck. I guess it started with my cousin Brent. He had a copy of Master Puppets. The cover scared me to death, but it was bad to the bones, said Brent. Pretty soon I saw my first rock show. Mud Honey became my Ramones. So six months later, I scratched that itch and bought myself a BC Rich. With the quickness in the bargain bin, my aim is true on a Goodwill cassette. I snuck out to see the Afghan wigs. It was a Monday night, my parents had split. By then, I was writing my own songs. They were as unmelodic as they were long. And I loved it. I'd play them to Mark and Sonny and Keith. I guess the only thing waiting out west was learning how fertile the soil was back here. I think I had to see for myself to know all these rednecks wearing different clothes. Guys in fishnets deciding who's lame playing punk rock versions of high school games. It felt like forever for my songs to take shape. It seemed so easy for everybody else. I can't say one place is better than another, but I haven't loved everywhere I've lived. It's no fun finding your voice in public, but like Chuck says, you do it for the kids. Mr. Narrator, this is Mike Watt to me. My story could be his songs. I'm his soldier child.
daylight only starts with her. Goodness always comes through, and she can lead the way. Beauty has its many forms, with her behind them all. Awakening to find loss, but her spirit sets us free. It's not enough Life can simply go on For you I always will I cannot run forever Your love is oh so pure Suggesting to play keep away between my heart and soul It has to work for some days Others there with you I cannot hold you tight I know I will let go I cannot fall my stars Both will follow you I cannot give my all Since all for you is not enough Oh. Uh-huh. 
Watch for Pedro Show. That chunk of music started off with MV Carmen, The Passion. Then we had brand new from Jeffrey Seiler, History Lesson Part 3. I wonder who inspired them. Him. Sorry, Jeff. Uh, Fifth Symphony Invocation triggered the eruption of the Yellowstone Caldera. This is the seventh and final movement called Song. Brought to you from the Sentimental Fence Post Orku. Orker Cetra. Fucking last time I have to have trouble to stumble over that fucking. Obviously, they're having fun with the word orchestra, but I, Watts just don't have the skill. Viz, after that, with his proj, Vale, uh, the seventh part, final part, Vale, called Recall. Then Beano, brand new. He got out of Columbus, Ohio. All is not. SLWCC Watt. That's my collab with uh, Sam Lock Ward. Uh, with City, Dube over. Petra Hayden, incredible lady. I'm tired from her imaginary land album. And MV Carbon, Staircase. So, uh, Metalux, what is the arc? Do you guys get to record? We did, and I'm sorry I didn't add a track. Um, I have it on LP. I don't have a digital copy <laughs> right okay, now. That's all right. But, um, I'm just curious. I, yeah, we did. We we have releases on Load Records, and Hanson Records, and we did a lot of tours, and um, well, I still me, collaborate well, with this. one member of Metalux. Let me ask you this, Envy. Since it was such an experimental, performance-based band, what's it like making records? Well, that band, Metalux, we, even though we had instruments that were maybe more experimental, like amplified boards and things like that we still had guitar keyboards and bass and sometimes we even had drums oh, okay. so it was a normal type of recording we had recording ah, i hate that word normal you mean kind of like other bands <laughs> well there was like a studio um it was done like in studio yeah, right, instead right, of right. just in a room okay but but the idea of not playing to an audience is it was it it was maybe it wasn't I'll ask you, is it, it's a different thing, right? When you're in the studio? Well, this kind of band, Metalux, right? You said the mm -hmm. performance. Uh, yeah, see, I don't know because I don't, I, I can't hear it, so I can't really ask you. <laughs> but how, how long does the band last? The band has been together oh, since the... It's still going. Since the late it's still 90s. Going. Well, it continues on. We we promised that we would always stay together. Oh, that's uh, bitchin'. We had some earlier recordings with different artists. Um Twig Harper played with Oh, us he's been on the show. The records. Mm-hmm. Balmore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great cat, great cat, great music. And also uh he has a band with uh one of the brutal sound effects crew guys. Or yeah, rubber, what, what rubber o cement? Oh, right now or, or in the past? Something like that. I've been giving music. I played it on my show. And it, it, it's, yeah. it's trippy how things are connected. You know, I'm learning more and more yeah. about that. I kind of learned that from the old days of the movement. You know, you, you you make connections, and they make connections on their own, and all of a sudden you're connected in stuff you never even realized. Layers. 
So, right, and that's, that's I feel is the greatest part about doing music is that you have this web of people that you're connected to, right. and it just feels like it's a different type of um, connection. Just being in the room together for live shows, right. um, yeah. Okay, when what about this uh, the MV Carbon uh, entity? Uh, you know, it's woman alone, right? When does that happen? Well, when I was moving to New York City and uh, my other partner from Metalex was moving to Baltimore, I just decided to do a solo project to continue music. And so I did some shows in Chicago before I left solo. And then when I moved to New York, I just ended up doing solo. But in New York, I've collaborated with tons of people and have quite a few bands here and groups that I've worked with. Um, but I do solo as well as um, working with other people. Do you remember your first solo gig? I think it was at the Empty Bottle in Chicago. Chicago, right. Good pad. And what, what was it like? I mean, and, and right, this is a departure from you being parts of ensembles. But you did say you did performance stuff in, in school, right? So did it overlap or, or kind of, you know, make a rebound? Well, I guess um, when I started doing um, more group work, like Metalux, yeah. I didn't do as much performance. I think when I moved to Chicago, so I started doing more music and um, visual art and film. Um, but I guess it just was there with me, um, just the performance aspect. I feel like I've always been interested in performance and even if you're doing music and it's not a like a performance other than you playing the music somehow you're um taken into this big swarm of liveness and how you process the the crowd of people and how you process the liveness of the room and it all becomes like a processor which i think um, as part of being a performer, is being able to take that energy and then bring it back out. That's a, I love that. That's a great way to look at it. Specific to that first gig, what happened? It worked out. And I did have a good friend um, doing some dance on the side, which helped. <laughs> really? Okay. That always helps, right? Having a dude on the side dancing always helps. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even when I want to get gas, right? If there's a dude next door dancing, it's going to happen. Can <laughs> <laughs> you remember? I forgot to ask, when you were younger and, and getting into your music with your siblings inspiring you, did you do any recording? I did with my brother. Um, he would play guitar, like I said, and I would make up songs with him and just sing. I think he had cassette tape on the time, but I have no idea where that is. But um, I took flute lessons, and then I started to write my own music. I took it to the music teacher, and he thought it was real funny and kind of brushed it off. So I held off on writing music for quite more years after that. Did, did you compose on the flute? I have written for flute later, yes. And I did um, read music when I was younger, so. Um, and I started the, the to write The stuff it. this yeah. guy was laughing at. Was that flute music? Yeah. What an asshole. You know, I, don't know I wish people would, would be more aware of the consequences of the, you know their interactions with they can they can be scarring. 
But luckily, you're strong enough. You said that, yeah, right. You kept going. Yeah, you didn't quit. But you did quit with the. Fl- did you ever go back to the flute? Um, every once in a while, I pick it up just because I I love it. But yeah. it's not my instrument for being in front of uh, people. Audience or anything. Um, I do like the way the keys sound, even when you hit them by themselves a lot too. And I love watching flute, but it's not my instrument for live. No, I don't think I'll bring that back. Okay. What about the keyboard? I do a lot of keyboard. Yeah. When did you first get on that? Because you said you didn't do the piano. Your ma did the piano lesson thing, but you did. Yeah. So the keyboard, I just play it and let it come out. No, no, and I'm talking about the beginning. When did you first get on? Well, you said you jumped on the piano without lessons, right? Yeah, everybody would, right, if it's just sitting there. Unless there was nah. some threat, like I'll beat the shit out of you touch it or something. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't that bad, though. Okay, good, good, um, good, good. <laughs> it wasn't to be quiet all the time, but um, the keyboard... Or the, the when I first started playing keyboard, I yeah. just loved getting like just Casios or Yamahas from eBay or just from thrift stores. And um, the earlier one that I had from Metalux, it was so great because it had a tiny sampler in it. Yeah. So I just thought it was the greatest thing to have that, so I could play back this one riff for the song. And then I had an Emacs sampler, which then was like the next level for sampling. And I use that a lot in early Metalux. It was the Emacs 2 um, sampler keyboard. And a sampler, in a way, is like a little tape recorder. Yeah, and this one um, was working. The Emacs 2 was on like a floppy disk. <laughs> yeah, I remember those. I remember those. Look, we're <laughs> at the end of the first hour. It was November very heavy. 11. 2021 edition of Pedro Show. Special guest, MV Carbon. Hold tight for hour two. November 11, 2021. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
tum 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 just as a mosquito lusts for blood. Boom 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 boom. The vampire has his thirst. Boom boom. Vampire has his hunger. Boom 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 boom. The stake must be sharpened. Boom boom. The heart must be pierced. Boom 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 boom. It needs to be done. It has to be done. The horror has to stop. Boom 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 boom. Burn the coffin in which she sleeps. Boom 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 boom. Silver bullets will kill the beast. Boom 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 boom. Burn the coffin in which he lives. Boom 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 boom. A stake will kill the beast. Boom 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 boom. A bite on the neck, and it's already too late. Boom 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 boom. Where's the corpse of Lord Ruthven? Boom boom boom. Where are his final remains? Boom 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 boom.
Live for Pedro Show. Start off the second hour. MV Carbon with Spill to the Ground. Then we had Violence. Here's some bands I'm going to be playing with uh, tomorrow night in Denton, Texas. At uh, Rubber Gloves. Violet Squid with Slipper for the Silk. Lanes Dover. Ivy Change. Drug Mountain. 1919-8-29-10. Sailor Poon. She Farts Like a Motorcycle. Jad Fair. Lord Ruth Venn. And finally, M.V. Carvin. She ain't going to be in Denton, Texas, people. The other ones are. Wow. Flex Sideways. I wish we could be sharing the stage, but we, we can't. That sounds great. <laughs> it's called the Unhinged Festival. And uh, I'm going to play my brains out. Try to stay yeah. safe, you know. Uh, not safe music-wise, but health-wise. <laughs> yeah. But music-wise, yeah, try to go go crazy and stuff like that. So, uh, okay, so getting back to your thing with the keyboards or, or electro actually electronics because a sampler it don't need a keyboard right it doesn't need it you had these cheap ones that, that came with it right yeah okay mm-hmm. and uh because you know i've had a lot especially in the last year a lot of musicians that use tape recorders or samplers i like instruments i consider a tape machine an instrument i use it all the time yeah so Tell me about your uh, composition process. Well, I do um, a lot of recordings where I just play kind of improv. Yeah. And that could be either at a residency or at my studio. And then I build from there. Oh, you have a studio. Is it in your pad? Yeah. Oh, great. Man, there's more and more musicians doing that. I think it's a great thing. So you're recording these improvisations. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you listen back and, ah, there's something. There's something. Yes, the pieces are there. And then I would just build from that. Um, and then sometimes for records, I will just go into my friend's studio um, and just record for like three hours straight. And make sh- it's good to have like a, somebody else helping out just for levels and all of the other parts um, sure. and then to use that as the material and then build compositions from it and then go back and then add like the percussive elements or the vocals and layer it. Okay. Okay. So at the, at the core at the foundation, it's a keyboard. It's a mixture of a keyboard and a cello. I, I do process cello. Oh, really? Yeah, a lot of those sounds are made on cello, but I run it through pedals. Okay, tell me about the cello. When did you learn cello? I picked up the cello in Chicago um, very early, and I just started renting one and literally started playing it through a real-to-real tape machine right off the bat with a contact mic. And then just using it. I didn't know, you know, lessons or learning. I just used it as is but i've played it for so long now that i just taught i'm self-taught now um compared to the bass the big diff i mean it's got four strings but it's tuned in fifths instead of fourths did you learn that? i do okay well i took yeah i took like a little bit of you know the music and i've read music too and had to do it for certain events right um but I really like approaching it from it's just 
from like what's coming out right, and changing theory. my own tunings and uh, processing the sounds through many pedals and tape machines and things like that. Yeah, well, like if you didn't use anything, just the instrument by itself, one tune in fifths, one tune in fourths, there's more drama in the jumps between the strings. I like to tune it D-A-D-A. D-A-D-A? Mm-hmm. So that's like... Uh, As for open strings. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Then the ba bass is E-A-D-G. So the two middle strings are kind of like the bass guitar. But then, yeah, then you go down a step, and then you go up a step for the other strings. Yeah, interesting. And uh, is it always with a bow, or do you pluck? I pluck. I play with the bow. I sometimes um, use different types of tools on it, like metal or glass or crystal and I um, sometimes will put um, long bows on the end of objects kind of like um, maybe like a fire a fire poker yeah. so it'll be an extended techniques for playing oh, yeah. and yeah different types of things okay you gave me this tune eye of the epidemic I want to play it
Watt for Pedro Show. That chunk of music started with MV Carbon doing Eye of the Epidemic. Then we had the Ophelias featuring Julian Baker doing Neil Young on High. Finally, MV Carbon. And here's one of the collabs you probably were referring to. Uh, Tony Conrad. Noise Radio. How'd that happen? Our collaboration? Um, I met Tony at the Freedom From Festival in Minneapolis. Um, we became friends. And then he moved to New York and... We just started hanging out, and I, I ran a venue with several of my friends called West Nile, where we had concerts all the time in Brooklyn, yeah. and Tony ended up getting an art studio in there, and he was just part of our scene for many years. Uh, we ended up being uh, studio mates um, for many years together and collaborating, and we did some tours together and quite a few performances and recordings. And, and- when you, tell me about the collabs. What, what are you looking for? You know, you, situation where you're going to do something different, right? Kind of because there's another per, person involved. Something that you can bounce off of each other in a way that makes sense. And um, we totally made sense for each other. When he heard the type of music that I was doing, he really wanted to work with me. And then so um, just from the very beginning, it made so much sense because I was working with tape machines and um, long cello sounds and very screechy sounds and very aggressive um, things that he really loved. And the times that we spent together, we not only did like drone, we did very sporadic, like uh, edgy music, which is some of the tracks that I sent you. Um, But then we did do concerts that were very minimalist and um, elongated drone. In, in the process, like, who, who would go first? Um, when we would start improvising? Or... Yeah, yeah. I'm always uh, fascinated by that guy. Like, it, right, because it's going to end up, hopefully, an interesting conversation. So it's like, somebody's got to bring up a sub. Somebody's got to go first, right? <laughs> well, a lot of times what we would do is get dressed up first, and then that would set the tone. Oh, wow. And then, and just... <laughs> turn the Zoom recorder on, and just whatever happens, happens. And then sometimes we'd say, oh, let's start off this way or that way and see how it goes. But it was definitely open for, like, sitting back and listening and then jumping in or taking things off track. I think yeah. we really loved, like, derailing each other, yeah. which I think is really important in improvisation. <laughs> right, not so much aiding and abetting is like being kind of a – Assertive. Uh, but the dressing up thing, that that's a trip. So, uh, what, you'd come up with a theme or something? Well, um, he had a studio upstairs at West Nile, and he had all types of costumes up there that he would put on whenever he wanted <laughs> to. And right. um, I had a lot of stuff, too. It was just more... Fun. I mean, we yeah. all there's a lot of people kind of living at West Nile, and there was a constant flow of performances and things happening all the time. So it was very festive. Um, so it just thought, you know, a lot of times we would just get in the mood and dress up, and then have an evening of practicing and hanging out and performance and all those good things. Yeah, you think maybe from when you were in school and stuff that 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 performance stuff. Why not? Life, you only get one life, so why not perform it? <laughs> you know, I, I, I love it. I love it. Look, we're at the end of the second hour, November 11th. 
2021 edition of Watt for Pedro Show. Special guest MV Carbon. Hold tight for hour three. November 11, 2021. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
Pedro Show start off the third hour. I'm V. Carbon with Par- Particle Street. And then Bronze Age U- UFO or UFO, I don't know how they pronounce it. Balmore Band. Brand new. Lagoon Monster Ru- Rubber Mass Volume 3. Maybe uh, Mouth Heart, it sounds like. Then Jerome Briard and Damon Smith duo with the Blue Letter. Tribute to their buddy they just lost. And then another collaboration with Tony Conrad, M.V. Carvin, Headwaters. Were you guys dressing up for Headwaters? I can't remember exactly what we did on that recording. I know we were getting ready for a tour, and we made a CD, or we were working on making a CD for it. But it was we practiced all the time, because um, we were just in the same place, so... I don't know the headwaters. I kind of feel like it was just uh, a couple months in a row of just recording and recording. And is Blue Nile, st- uh, not Blue Nile, uh, what's the name of the pad? Nile? West Nile. West Nile. West Nile. Like the virus, right? Okay. <laughs> it is was. It, is it still happening? No, we closed down um, somewhere around 2013. We had it for about I think five years. Wow. But we all decided it's time to go, and we didn't really have a lot of uh, windows there, and we just all decided to switch it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, what do you think, you know, being someone who does shows and then someone who puts on shows, right? Both sides of the fucking uh, dealio, right? Yeah. And that's education itself, right? It is. We did, um, there were shows there constantly. There was four or five of us who were booking things all the time. And then we had live lectures. We had brunches there. We had um, different, we had art shows there. So a lot of fun things. Like a community center. Definitely. Um, the door was literally never locked. Like yeah, so we, was, was, we just, just didn't lock the door. You didn't lock it because it was always open. There was always something going on, right? It was. Somebody was always awake. Right, right. That's interesting. I, I think maybe that's the way art should go, more and more cooperative like that, instead of all splintered up and diluted into these, you know, disciplines. Because they they all inform each other. Well, I'll take Definitely. turns playing for yeah. each other. Yeah, right. Then you're a gig goer, then you're the person at the gig, you know, doing the gig. and Really, really kind of interested. So, so what do you got going right now? Well, I just had a record come out on various artists, 
and it's a lathe cut, um, limited edition. And I did a show um, last month um, on the rooftop in in the city at the Swiss Institute, Printed Matter, and that was pretty fun. So that record's out. I have a painting show up right now, a solo painting show. You paint? And I do. I paint and I do film and uh, installation oh, as wow. well as okay, music. Okay, okay. When did you get into paint? You know, my best friend Raymond Pettibone is a painter. Yes, I know his work. Yeah, um, yeah I love his work. But you work. don't know how much he's influenced me. Even though, you know, it's a visual thing and I'm doing the bass. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. He's inspired so much music out of me. So does your music inform your painting or the other way around, painting inform your music? I really think so. I was thinking about that a lot the other day because as this show came up, just thinking about what's behind the work and people asking what the meaning is and then thinking about how it comes to light. And I know that music is a big part of it. Um, the frequency of color and um, the the brush strokes, and also like this the approach, and also a little bit of mischievous um, playfulness. And there are life forms in it, a lot of the pieces, and as well as like abstract colors. And I feel like it's definitely um, another way to. See say what is in kind of a, a different type of language through color instead of music, but I think they live in the same world and are coming from the same root. You know, on YouTube.com, there's a documentary, only half hour, that, about Elvin Jones. It's called Different Drummer. And he talks about when he's playing drums, he's doing colors. Snare drum's red, the cymbals are yellow, toms are green, you know, shit like that. And then I know there's a human condition that some people maybe not suffer, maybe, but they, they, they hear in color. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know the word for it. I can't remember it, but I remember reading some stuff on the internet about it. Really Synesthesia. That's it. Yes. Shit, what? You, thank you so much, our MV Carbon. Now, uh, I, for, really, because I try to fight Alzheimer all I can. <laughs> well, that word... But um, a lot of people, yeah, I wonder if there's a lot of people who um, feel that and just don't recognize it. I feel like I've, I see in colors, okay. definitely. Okay, music in color, yeah. Okay, look, you mm -hmm. gave me this cat on a fence. I dig this. Let's play it. <laughs>
playback. Get comfortable. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Inhale. Exhale. You feel the weight of your body pressing against the surface you rest upon. Your limbs lay flat at your sides. In peace. Inhale. Exhale. You fill your lungs with air. You set the air free. Release. Peer within. Look inside yourself. How do you feel? in control. Nothing from the outside world has any effect on you now. There is nothing that controls you. You are free. Free to be who you are. Free to be who you want to be. Free. Free to feel how you want to feel. Free to be you. You have complete autonomy. Autonomy of the body. Autonomy of the mind. Nothing has control over you. You are only yourself. You are you. When we think of ourselves, we often have expectations of how we should feel. Expectations of who we should be. Right now, at this moment, those expectations are unneeded, unwanted. Let them all go. Release the shackles of restraint placed onto you by your peers. Release the pressure and expectations placed upon you by society. And finally, let go of the stress you have placed upon yourself. Release. Let it go. Release. Breathe deep as you let go of your anxieties. Let go of all of the notions of what you expect of yourself. 
release. Take a deep breath. Inhale. Exhale. Let it all go. Release this tension you have been holding for all too long. You are free. Truly free. Inside your mind, you are you. And you are good. You are unique. And you are yourself. You are a collection of molecules that have been around since the dawn of time and shall exist forever. You have always been and you shall always be you. the universe. You are everyone. And you are free. You don't have to be anything other than what you are. For what you are is beautiful and perfect. Deep breath and out. Release. Your worries are small. Release. Nothing matters anymore. It's time to lay back. It's time to let go of all of your problems. Time to breathe in deeply. Breathe out. anymore. Release. Release your breath as you deflate, as you descend into the cosmos, and you return to from where it all began, outside of yourself. Embrace the infinite. You feel beautiful light upon you, and you are that beautiful light, the light of life, for you are alive, and you are you. Release. You are floating beyond yourself. You are everything. You are good. 
release. You are afloat in the infinite. You are infinite. Release.
who slams are colorful. Just slide. <laughs>
Matt from Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Cat on a Fence from MV Carbon. Then Boundless Rela- Relaxation. And this is Sam Lockwood. I, uh, he made this trippy album. Uh, I mean, kind of meditative. And, uh, yeah. Tivik Fritoyov. Fritoyov. God, that's a hard one. Fritoyov. And Memor... Memor... <laughs> Memoriatorium. Memoriatorium. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Uh, and finally, MV Carbon with Butterfly Fights. Butterfly Fights? Fights. Yeah. You you witness butterflies fighting? Or is it just well, a, a, a notion? I think, uh, no, I never really saw it in person, just in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what songs are for, right? To exercise the mind. And the cat on the fence? You you probably saw that. Maybe not. Something about it reminded me of that. Yeah. So, you said words come last, or uh, vocal come last. But do you, do you keep a collection of words that, you know, or do you write on demand? I write um, the words... After the music is written, it's easier for me to get a feeling for what the words would be. But sometimes in improv, I'll just have um, some poetry that I write, and then I'll just let that happen. And if people want to find you on the Internet, do you have a a site, website? I do. It's just my name, mvcarbon.com. Okay, mvcarbon.com, people. Mm -hmm. Do you put your poetry there? I put, um, there is a link out, the one piece that you played earlier called Particle Stream, all those songs on that record have text to go with them. I don't have the lyrics up for a lot of my other songs, but when you get the LP, they're in the liner notes. Ah, okay. Okay. And uh, since they come, you you say that the music, except for uh, performances, the music comes first, and then that kind of informs what you're going to put for the spiel. It does. Somehow there's a, a world in the music, and I, I just try to tell a story based on that. Right. Do you, right now, feel you have any kind of peers out there, people that are kind of helping you without them even knowing, just by, by doing the, uh, the art the way they do it? Yes. Um plenty of people um right now there's a great scene well there's always a great scene in new york but there's great improvisation um cab Verde is a favorite uh, shelly hirsch um i did some work with akionda and i'm always really excited about what he has coming up next um charlemagne palestine who will have a record coming out with soon too is a big inspiration um, and then there's always like festivals that are happening in New York. Um, the End Times Festival is a great festival that brings in um, experimental noise music from all around. And then there's like, of course, labels that are putting out great, great stuff these days that it's sure. keeping your eye out all the time on those labels. Um, yeah, I love... Um, I love the Black Editions that have been putting out a lot of great records lately. And VDSQ. 
Um, I really love Pan. Yeah, there's so much great stuff going on. And finally, what advice would you give to somebody who wants to get into music? I would say just start um, doing it and to kind of look at it as a medium that's very fluid, like maybe liquid, and not to try to fit it into a grid to start off with. Or, you know, just unless they want to play something that's like not original, then I would say anybody should go for playing music. But if you're trying to find um, your own voice, then you have to forget about everything that you've been taught. That's great advice. Great advice. Big honor to have you on the show. Thank truly, you. Truly it's epic. great to meet you. Absolutely. It's great to be here. And, and any time you got new stuff and you want to come on the show, just tell me. We'll talk and listen to it. Thank you. I will. And okay. uh, have a great show. <laughs> Thank you so much. Very kind. People, it's been November 11, 2021. Just what Pedro show. Keep your powder dry.